Welcome to Nathan's School of Thought. I'm Nathan Walker, Global Performance Coach, here to share principles gleaned from decades of teaching, training, and coaching on four continents. Whether you're a senior executive, salesperson, new parent, military leader, artist, musician, head of a nonprofit, or a student, it doesn't matter who you are, only who you can become. Join me each week to have your brain flipped upside down as we move together toward a happier, healthier, and much more productive life. Hello, my friends. I was thinking recently about something I read in a book by Byron Katie called Loving What Is, in which she says, everything outside you is a reflection of your own thinking. You are the storyteller, the projector of all stories, and the world is the projected image of your thoughts. Now that's an interesting thing to think about, but it's really true. I'll give you an example of this. Several years ago when I lived in Japan, I was talking to a guy who said, you know, I really can't finish the conversation now, but you ought to come by my house sometime and we'll continue to talk. And a couple of days later, I was in the area, not knowing if he was home or not. I thought, well, I'll swing by the house. So they had an unusual setup where the doorbell was on a gate that was maybe 20 feet from the door. Unusual in Japan. So I rang the doorbell on the gate, and the lady came out and said, Can I help you? And I said, Go shujin wa gozaitaku desu ka? Which means, is your husband at home? And she looked really befuddled. She had the strangest look on her face and just kind of stared at me with her head tipped like a puppy and said, uh, no, but it wouldn't help. And I said, well, what do you mean? It wouldn't matter if he's home. Well, why is that? Uh, because he doesn't speak English. I said, that's okay, I speak Japanese. She said, yes, but even if he was home, he wouldn't understand you. And I said, no, the conversation will take place in Japanese. We're speaking Japanese now. I speak Japanese, so... I can just talk to him. And she was still just staring at me like, where'd this, where'd this weirdo foreigner come from? And was still completely confused. And she said, yes, but, but he wouldn't understand you. And finally, she kind of uh, shrugged her shoulders apologetically and waved her hand and went back in the house. Absolutely unable to cope with the fact that what she believed was completely overriding what she was actually seeing, what she had constructed in her own mind about my ability to speak with her husband was more powerful than reality. Well, that happens all the time. A lot of times what we construct in our own minds is much more powerful than reality. It becomes our reality. As Byron Katie said, the world is the projected image of your thoughts. Too many times what we know is true and what we know we believe we don't actually know it's true, and we don't actually know that we believe it. We often hear talk about things like, my truth. And that always reminds me of Princess Bride. Yeah, you know the quote, right? You keep saying that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. When somebody says, my truth, that's the first thing that I want to say to them. You keep saying that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. We also hear a lot of talk about, Core beliefs. These are our core beliefs, or these are our core values, or these are my core values. We have corporations who espouse 
their collective core values. As though everybody in the corporation supports what that is. Nobody even knows what it is. Because we don't even know what we believe. Our beliefs are simply a projection of our thoughts. That'll mess with your head, won't it? Our beliefs usually come from about three areas, three main areas from which they are formed. The first is what I would call traditional beliefs, or just tradition. Part of that tradition can be cultural personality or cultural identity. The problem is that people often begin to measure themselves by that cultural identity. This tradition or this sense of needing to belong to something is so strong that they measure everything that they are by their tradition or by their cultural personality, this shared collective thing. This robs you of your personhood, and you begin to derive your value by how closely you conform to some cultural norm that exists outside of yourself. So one area from which we form beliefs is tradition or cultural identity. The second one is what I would call social beliefs. Many of our beliefs are contextual. They form, they're formed and constantly reshaped and reinforced by the society around us, by the social conditions in which we live. Nowhere does this happen more quickly and sometimes more dangerously than in social media, this sort of faux social setting. What we call peer pressure is just the tip of the iceberg in describing how powerful social beliefs and social pressure really are. The third area is religious belief. Your religious beliefs may be traditional. They may be cultural. They may be social. They may be doctrinal. They may be a search for truth. You get to take time to discover whether or not your religious beliefs are founded on what you would call objective truth or unchangeable truth. If your beliefs are not founded on truth, but instead are just tradition or culture, then that's not really a religious belief at all. It's kind of a soundy foundation. It's the house built upon sand rather than the house built upon a rock. Sometimes when our beliefs are challenged, we run to our mental library and start looking for ways to change the color or the pattern in the sand instead of ways to solidify the rock on which our house should rest. Finally, when the house collapses, we say, I would never did like that house anyhow. We can spend a lot of time chasing shadows when it comes to belief. Now, our personal beliefs are an amalgamation, a combination of all of these things that I've just talked about. But we put them, sometimes carefully and sometimes very hastily, into a box, and we hug that box. This is my box of beliefs. This is my truth. Only in that context do the words my truth actually have any validity. They are your truth in that they are a description of what you call truth and what you say your beliefs are. And we hang on to this box, and sometimes we add and subtract things from it, but it's our box. We hug it and pet it and squeeze it and call it George. That was a Looney Tunes reference. If you didn't get it, you need to get some culture. So we, we have our box of beliefs, our own box of truth. These boxes often contain facts, experiences, and it doesn't matter if they're ours or somebody else's. 
It could be an, a, a someone else's experience that we certainly don't want to go through. It can be an experience that we had. So facts, experiences, creations. So creations would include feelings, faith, hopes, dreams, stuff we manufacture in our mind, whether in a good way or in a bad way. I'll call those creations. And lastly, fears. So facts, experiences, creations, and fears. These are what we put in our box based on all of these areas from which we have drawn our box of beliefs. And then we hold it close and say, this is the world and this is what it looks like. Our box of beliefs doesn't always help us. So how can we be sure that our box of beliefs will help us become what we really have the potential to become? How do we know that our box of beliefs is the thing that will let us become what we were actually on earth to be? Here are six suggestions I have for you. Don't write these down unless you're not driving. If you're not driving, you might want to write them down. Number one, find objective truth. Your truth is a misnomer, since truth is objective and usually provable. Your truth is subjective, and it often conveys the misguided idea that one can choose to construct a world for themselves, essentially devoid of objective reality, and more importantly, devoid of personal accountability. Your truth, or my truth, is a great way to refer to a fantasy as a reality and sort of exonerate yourself from any demands of duty, charity, justice, responsibility, or accountability before God or humankind. I like thinking about truth the way it was put in a poem written by Jean Jacques back in the uh, uh, mid-1800s. These are a couple of excerpts from that poem. Oh, say what is truth? Tis the fairest gem that the riches of worlds can produce. And priceless the value of truth will be when the proud monarch's costliest diadem is counted but dross and refuse. Yes, say, what is truth? Tis the brightest prize to which mortals or gods can aspire. Go search in the depths where it glittering lies or ascend in pursuit to the loftiest skies, tis an aim for the noblest desire. We get to search. The searching is part of the power. Number two, seek wisdom from the best sources. Great thinkers whose wisdom has been passed down for hundreds or even thousands of years are much more likely to be correct and have something valuable to teach you than your favorite young strident TikTok influencer who stands twerking one day, well, stands, bends twerking one day and pontificating the next, saying things that she's only heard repeated from other influences of her type. Aristotle, Plato, Plato, Aristotle, Plato, Jesus, Confucius, and many more have much more to offer you than intellectual and spiritual junk food. Number three. Question the motives of anyone who promises you a life of ease. Anyone who sets themselves up as a savior who can make everything go swimmingly 
or cost less or be available for free or anything else is not doing it to help you, but doing it for personal gain, whether that comes in the form of followers, likes, a longer email marketing list, an elected office, or, and this one is as common as it is insidious, to make themselves feel, sales, to make themselves feel comparatively better by persuading you to do something both of you know is wrong. Number four, try and try again. Albert Einstein was asked one time why he failed so many times trying to create a light bulb, and it took him until the thousandth try to get it right. His response was, I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention with a thousand steps. If you wish to become what you're capable of becoming, easy will not be the way. The gymnasium of life contains several challenges and increasingly heavier weights and more difficult obstacles. Muscles that are never exercised never grow. Those that are exercised and well-nourished in struggle and challenge make you more powerful than you could possibly have imagined before you began. Mortality is the great gymnasium, the great laboratory of life. Number five. Be gentle with yourself. Dieter F. Uchtdorf said, We have all seen a toddler learn to walk. He takes a small step and totters. He falls. Do we scold such an attempt? Of course not. What father would punish a toddler for stumbling? Unquote. Yet you and I punish ourselves. About three weeks ago, I attended a fantastic talk by a pro dancer and Broadway star named Ashley DeLillo, in which she reminded us over and over that when we have a setback of any kind, it's not failure, it's feedback. She would tell us a story and then remind us, it's not failure, it's feedback. The most difficult form of comparison to overcome is not ourselves versus others but ourselves versus what we expected ourselves and our life to be. It's time to take unrealistic conditions for self-acceptance out of your belief box. Number six, help others. When others are physically, emotionally, or spiritually injured, whether the injury was at their own hand or the hand of someone else, service is the fastest way I know to help and serve them and shut off the noise of comparison, fear, discontentment, self-centeredness, and self-doubt. The second best way is probably a really good coach, but then what would I know about that? As you think about your box of beliefs, be willing to challenge them enough to find some real truth. Truth about you and how valuable you really are. Truth about your existence being a miracle. Truth about your life still containing much that is good and much more good to come. Think about it. Add it to your box. Remove the things that involve comparison of any kind. Those aren't helping you. Be cautious about what you call truth and what you call belief 
and think about the foundation upon which it is built. Then enjoy the newfound freedom. We'll talk again soon.